This week's Parsha is called Parshas Chukas. Chukas means commandments, but specifically the type of commandments that don't have a logic given to them, don't have an explanation given to them. Um, we've discussed many times that when it comes to the mitzvahs of the Torah, um, many mitzvahs, the majority of mitzvahs, are commandments of Hashem, but they also have a logic and explanation that can be well understood. There are those mitzvahs, though, that are just commandments. Hashem doesn't afford, doesn't give us an explanation. In fact, there's many thoughts and ideas we might have. Really, the explanation does not um, fully explain or justify the commandment. And we do, do it because it's Hashem's commandment. Um, we also explained that essentially every mitzvah has both aspects to it. On the one hand, every mitzvah is ultimately, essentially a commandment. It's Hashem's will, and that's why we do it. And although there might be reasons as well, ultimately we do it because it's a commandment of Hashem, because it's an essential, it's an essential desire of His beyond logic. As we know, the things that we want, that we can't really explain, represent um, our deepest desire. So every mitzvah is a chuk. Every mitzvah is a commandment above and beyond logic, and we do it as such because Hashem commanded us to do so. At the same time, every mitzvah, whether we understand it or not, has a logic to it as well. So, all mitzvahs have these components. Every mitzvah is a chok, it's a commandment. Every mitzvah is also something that's logical and good for us, beneficial for us, in a way that makes sense, again, whether we understand it or we don't. So this week's parsha is Parsha's chukas, because it begins with the words, Zos chukas Torah. this is the chok of the Torah, and goes on to give us the law of the para aduma, the red heifer, which was the formula with which a person would be made pure. And this is, we're told, the, the ultimate of, of, of chukim, the, the uh, most or the least logical um, mitzvah, the one that uh, has, has no reason or way of us to understand, is this chok of the red heifer, where we take this red heifer and it's, 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 uh, put to, it's, she, it's shechted, it's slaughtered, and then burnt, and then that the ashes are used um, as, far of, as part of uh, the, uh, the ritual in purifying one who had become impure. So when it comes to this chok, we have something interesting. On the one hand, this is the one that there's no explanation for at all, so much so that Shlomo HaMelech, the wisest of all men, says, Shlomo HaMelech says, I understood every mitzvah in the Torah, even those that we typically think have no logic, have no explanation. Shlomo HaMelech says, I understand, but not this one. This is the one that I cannot understand, implying that Shlomo coming with the most complete human intellect possible says this is beyond human intellect. At the same time, the Medrash tells us that at the beginning of the week's parsha it says Hashem tells Moshe, "V'yikhu elecha para aduma." Let them bring to you this red heifer, this para aduma. Says the Medrash, what, what's the idea that Hashem says that it should be brought to Moshe, even though Moshe is not the one who actually did it; it had to be done through the Kayan, the Kayanim. Says the Medrash, Hashem says to Moshe Rabbeinu, to you, I will reveal the reason for this mitzvah, for the concept of para aduma. So on the one hand, Shlomo HaMelech, who's Chacham Mikol Adam, the wisest of all men, says that this I cannot understand. And when it comes to Moshe Rabbeinu, Hashem says to you, I will reveal the reason for this. So why is it that Moshe Rabbeinu is able to understand what Shlomo HaMelech is not? It doesn't seem it's because Moshe Rabbeinu is, is wiser or smarter than Shlomo HaMelech. To the contrary, as we said, Shlomo is called the Chacham Mikol Adam, the wisest of men. So clearly, the fact that Moshe Rabbeinu could understand it is not due to his greater human intellect, 
But, a, but it's because of his tremendously exalted spiritual level. He was so godly, so connected to Hashem, that he was able to comprehend something that's really beyond human intellect. So Shloyme HaMalach represents human intellect, and he says, human intellect cannot understand this, cannot comprehend this. And yet, of course, there's a logic to this as well, but not in human intellect. This is only divine, godly intellect that a human, nowadays at least, cannot really comprehend, cannot grasp, cannot connect to this concept. So what is the idea? What's this great idea? Why is this so uniquely difficult to understand that human intellect sort of says, categorically says, it cannot be understood? And it only can be understood through Meshav, through the Tzaddik, through one who's on a totally different spiritual level. So in, in very short, the Rebbe um, um, gives the following idea. And he says, the, the, um, there's another Medrash that says, when Hashem tells Moshe Rabbeinu, um, this concept that we're going to take a red heifer and you're going you're gonna to uh, sprinkle the waters on the person who was impure, and the person will become pure, Moshe Rabbeinu could not understand. How is it possible that the person should become purified? And the question is, why was it so difficult to understand that a person should become purified? And there are different types of impurity in the Torah. Um, and the specific impurity we're talking about here is what's called tumas mes, the impurity of coming in contact with the dead. If someone touches a dead person or is in contact with a dead person, so that makes a person tumay mes, um, uh, which is impure, and therefore the person cannot go into the base of mikdash, cannot eat um, holy foods and so on. So a person who becomes impure through connecting with the dead, Moshe Rabbeinu did not understand how this person can become purified once again. Why not? Why was it that this impurity bothered Moshe Rabbeinu more than any other? There's different types of impurity in the Torah. Um, and they um, weren't, Moshe Rabbeinu didn't bo- wasn't bothered by the fact that one could be purified from leprosy or from uh, certain uh, discharges, male or female. That didn't bother Moshe Rabbeinu. What Moshe Rabbeinu was bothered by was a person who came in contact with the dead. Tumas mace, how can that be purified? Why was this a problem? Says the Rebbe. All of us have body and soul. The body represents the physical, represents the materialistic. The soul represents the holy, connected to Hashem and purity. The way we are is our body is connected with our soul. And therefore we always have that purifying power within ourselves. As bad off as we may be, and even if we may be impure through our actions, through our behaviors, through anything else that may have brought impurity upon us, as long as we have a soul, so we have the godliness within us, we have the, the spark of holiness, of godliness, of purity, Moshe Rabbeinu understood how we could be purified. When a Death, on the other hand, is the concept that the body and the soul disconnected. Once the soul left the body, says Moshe Rabbeinu, that's just plain impure. There's no purity there anymore. There's no holiness there anymore. Moshe Rabbeinu did not understand how anything connected to death can be purified. Again, as long as there's a soul, the soul does the, purif- the, soul does the purification. As long as a person still is connected in one form or another to holiness, to spirituality, to his soul, Moshe Rabbeinu understands that any impurity can be purified, can be overcome. But death, which is the concept where the soul left the body, there's that disconnect. How then can anything, how then can any impurity coming from death ever be purified? That's what Moshe Rabbeinu did not understand. Um, perhaps just to give it a very simple example, when a person is ill, as long as they're alive, we know there's hope. But once a person dies, all the doctors stop. There's nothing to do anymore because the soul left. Moshe Rabbeinu was talking about spiritual death. 
Spiritual death means disconnect. If it's disconnect, the story is over. How can this be purified? And Hashem tells Moshe Rabbeinu, that to Moshe Rabbeinu Hashem says, I'll tell you the answer. And the answer is something that today we can't really appreciate. And that is that the soul is able to give, is able to fuse with the body and give the body holiness, that the body becomes independently holy even when the soul leaves. So that even though the soul is the source of holiness for the body, but ultimately the effect on the body is such, the effect on the physical and the material is such that that becomes holy as well. So that even when it's disconnected, and even when it's totally disconnected, and even when the soul left the body, it doesn't matter. The Kedusha, the holiness penetrated, became part of the body that is independently a holy entity. And that's something that in this world, as we have it today, we cannot comprehend. Because we see there's the spiritual and the physical, and the spiritual brings the holiness to the physical, and if it's disconnected, then there's no more holiness. But what Hashem was telling Moshe Rabbeinu and what will be revealed fully when Mashiach will come is that everything in this world, even that which seems totally physical and materialistic, even when it's disconnected from its soul, still retains its connection with Hashem, still retains the Kedusha within it, and therefore everything, even that which seems totally dead, totally disconnected, can also be purified. And this is the secret of Para Aduma that even Shlomo HaMelech says is something we cannot really comprehend. We don't see it that way. To us, the physical, the materialistic is not holy unless it's connected to a soul. And the Paraduma says that holiness is within everything, even when it's disconnected, and everything can ultimately be purified and brought back to its fullest connection to Hashem. Have a wonderful Shabbos.